0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: It is a special edition of the Out of Sight Podcast on the Liberty Ballers Network I'm your host, Adil Royster, Chill Ride, Chill Vibes. I am extremely excited for this podcast. I want to say it's the first of its kind, but I'm pretty sure there has been some crossover before. But it's the first of its kind on Out of Sight. Today, we have the entire crew from the Gastroenteritis Blues. Dan Valpone is here, Emily Anderson is here, the homie Steve Littman is, is in the building. It, how are you? Thank it, you for having it's us. It's amazing. This is great. I love this. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this should you. be fun. Emily, how are you?
2: I'm doing great. It's a Monday Just... night. Dancing with the Stars finale is tonight's very important in my life.
1: Who's <laughs> but, in it? <laughs> up.
3: Emily, who's in the finale?
2: Um, Caitlin Bristow, who was an ex-bachelorette. Ooh. Uh,
0: is she the one who fought with
1: Hannah Brown?
2: no that i think that's probably rachel oh, that's
1: wait that's kaylin not Kay- oh kaylin,
2: kaylin. yeah. see okay, I, don't know my the, bad, my bad.
1: I don't know the deep bachelorette cuts yet i'm only like three seasons into this thing mm. and it's more and i don't want to say it but it, it, it's true it's it's more or less emily's fault at this point
2: <laughs> i do what i can
1: I I know you do, and I appreciate it. But you're, you you know, you're getting me into more garbage television, and I kind of appreciate it. It brings joy to my life, Emily. So thank you. Good. I'm just
2: glad <laughs> I can do that for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So last week was you know a little bit crazy because we had the draft, and then we had the first couple of days of the off season, and the first kind of shoe that dropped was just the Al Horford trade, and that just got me immediately excited. Did everybody else kind of feel that same way? It was, like, excitement the first adjective or thought or feeling? Oh, yeah.
0: It,
3: was it wasn't for
1: me. I was a little bummed because I wanted <laughs> Oh, to yeah, Chris. you did.
3: No, you had an I initial... I wanted Chris
0: Paul. It wasn't right. like, I don't miss Al, but it was like, oh, if the Thunder were going to take him, if the Thunder were going to take Horford, then, like, do what you can to get Paul. You know, I've said a million times I want Chris Paul, but, you know, it, it seems like there were, like, other factors that, that got in the way, so... After after getting over that, it's nice that he's gone, for sure.
1: What you guys don't know is that Dan is wearing a State Farm uniform right now? <laughs> that's right. I'm actually Jake. <laughs> the, old, the old Jake. I'm, I'm the the white Jake before
0: <laughs> the new Jake.
3: They, yeah, that's right. They have a new hot one
0: in there. Yeah, he's better <laughs> looking. Yeah. <Definitely> better
1: <laughs> looking.
3: Hot Jake.
1: Hot Jake. Um, um. Ideal,
3: I will say I had sort of lusted after that particular push notification for so long just like somebody telling me that horford's no longer on the team so when it happened it was it was you know everything i could wish for and more so it was really great
1: you're just sitting there you're hitting refresh on the tweet deck and you just upload you're just up you're just refreshing the 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 google notifications on your phone
3: exactly (laughs) exactly
1: um so we get danny green back amongst other things terrence ferguson but um I, Danny Green is kind of the big piece for me. And just like, Emily's at a lot of the games and you see up close and personal, like how crazy the spacing is when everybody's on the floor. Like when you see Danny Green is now a member of the Sixers, I'm start with Emily. Like how, like that definitely helps.
2: Oh, for sure. Like really at this point, there are like very few things that could have hurt the spacing issues that the Sixers have, so Danny, <laughs> Danny Green definitely helps. Yeah,
1: and for everybody that's you know, I've I have one friend that's just like he's just not sure like how good Danny Green can be or like pass his prime or whatever. And I always explain it to him this way, and I'm wondering if everybody agrees. I don't need him to be San Antonio Spurs Danny Green. I'm not asking him to do all that. I just want you to play little just be a positive defender on defense and i need you to shoot 35 percent from three like that's it that's all i'm asking anything else is gravy
0: yeah i think i mean i think that's right and i don't think he's he's not going to be maybe what he once was but his game should age pretty well i think he i don't think he's washed by any means i know no. he, did, he didn't shoot the ball well last year it's not the first time he didn't shoot the ball well in his career for a season and i think you know there's no reason to not be hopeful that he could have a bounce back year and shoot 40% from 3 this year and you know he's he's not going to be an all league defender but he's going to be a positive defender like you said so i think he's you know he might not be he, to me he kind of you know he's kind of a similar role to jj but a better defender doesn't right. shoot quite as well but like you know the guy who's just like on offense just shoot you you can't dribble don't try just shoot the ball and i think that's you know this kind of what the sixers have been have been missing on offense among a lot of other things. I mean, there were all kinds of issues, but Embiid loved playing with JJ. So hopefully Danny Green can be that guy.
1: Danny Green is definitely not going to get bodied by Marcus Smart in the post.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, hopefully not. I guess I, I'll believe it when I see it because I'm terrified of Marcus Smart. <laughs> and yeah. you,
1: and you brought up that adjective streaky. And I think it was Steve that kind of pointed this out to me like a couple of days ago when the trade first happened. Like streaky is okay. I can deal with streaky because two... Some extent you could say that about Tobias too, and like, yes, he's overpaid, we get it, so we expect a little bit more out of him than like Danny Green. But streaky is okay as as long as he's not shooting like 20% from the year. Everyone's streaky,
3: right? Yeah, we saw this with Covington, I feel like, especially, he would sort of go in and out of being super hot and then super cold, and it's just like if you're gonna shoot. 36% from three, which is like, especially in high volume, very effective, you're going to miss most of the shots you're taking. So on a night-to-night basis, it might not be fun to watch guys miss, but I feel like at the end of the year, you look up and guys like Danny Green uh, have good percentages and they overall help the team a lot. And the Sixers needed a guy who will shoot quickly uh, right away and who's not a minus on defense, and Danny Green's definitely that. And to, to sort of relieve themselves of the Horford contract in the process is great.
1: So we've just done all this praising of Danny Green for like the last five minutes or so. So, uh, Danny, if you ever need uh, some Sixers writers on your podcast, which Steve uh, mentioned in his piece. I just yeah,
3: discovered that. Yeah, Danny Green has a podcast.
1: We are more than willing to come on your podcast, Danny Green. It's fine.
2: <laughs> i also First learned thought. that if you just want to get danny green to talk to you that you can book a cameo with him for 125 dollars. so if you just want wow. danny green to be like hey go listen to you know the out of sight podcast or the gastroenteritis blues podcast Put that audio right in the beginning of your show and we're golden. What are, we, what are, the,
3: odds, what are the odds we could get him to do a cameo of answering all of the questions we would ask him if he was on the podcast and then? Oh my God.
1: The audio. <laughs> Ooh, Steve, Steve, yeah,
3: the that's genius. Budget. Uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. A lot of okay. effort, Yeah, a lot of revenue coming in. So we yeah, <laughs> can, <you> can definitely <laughs> move some money around. Yeah.
1: We'll, we'll move some things around financially to make that happen. Exactly. Uh, the NBA draft, it happened. It, ha- it actually happened. The Sixers lucked into Tyrese Maxey. I'm still not sure how the hell that happened, but I thank the entire NBA for not paying attention because I didn't know too much about Maxey, and then I started watching videos and things, and I love this kid. I love, his, I love his hustle. I love him on defense. The shooting percentages don't look great, except for a free throw shooting. But as we've seen, you know, free throw percentage is a good indicator of like shooting overall. So I'm kind of hopeful for this maxi signing. I don't know how, how, how much do you see him really contributing in his rookie season?
0: I'm not particularly familiar with um, how much doc tends to trust his rookies right away. I know if it was Brett were here, I would say I'm not super confident that um, he would contribute right away. Cause Brett was, not really one to give a big chance to rookies, except for the one exception being Shamit. Even Matisse got kind of um, stuck on the bench for for a stretch last year. Um, but I think he's he's what we need uh, on offense, certainly. And I, I'm not sure that we're going to have any big moves that would put someone ahead of him to the point where I I don't feel like just give him a shot. So I hope I hope he plays a role, and I I, I think that there's a there's a good chance he does, but I don't think there's going to be a ton of in between. I think he's either going to be a guy who's who's you know a regular part of the rotation to the point he's maybe getting fifteen minutes a night or you know he's a guy who's maybe a little more frustrated but um maybe he's just not he's not ready to to be in the rotation and he's playing you know some nights but really not often i, yeah, have
3: this- I
1: Sorry, Steve, go ahead.
3: Yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, I, I don't know if I would expect him playing a ton at the beginning, just because it's a weird offseason with a weird training camp and uh, a, a very quick preseason, and then all of a sudden they're playing. They're playing games in less than a month. So I don't know. I think that his skill set gives the Sixers a lot of what they need in terms of, like, a guy on the ball who can make plays. Because um, otherwise, right now it's Simmons and it's Shake. Um, You know, you can have – seth curry do some secondary ball handling stuff i do feel like he's gonna be in the mix and i feel like mm-hmm. by the end of the year he's gonna get lots of minutes because i think he's good
1: i think that maxi is gonna be and and you guys can agree or disagree with me on this like i feel like maxi has potential to be one of those like second team kind of all-stars that just like they thrive when everybody is you know catching breathers and he's going up against you know the second tier players on East scenes does that make sense
0: yeah I mean I I see he's he definitely like just from watching highlights like he plays hard he seems to be like a high motor guy he's 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 just that kind of like uh he's just tough so I could see him you know I think that's a big reason I could see him coming in and like being part of the rotation right away is cause like he's going to give that effort, which is like what people want to see.
1: I see Maxie. And then I think to myself, you know what? We've wanted Pat Bev on this team for so long. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we got the younger version of him.
0: I would take that at 21. Hell yeah. Who wouldn't come on? Yeah.
1: So no, no issues from anybody because we now have two clutch clients on the same team. Nobody has any issue with that.
0: I like it. We need them on our side because by the end of, <laughs> by the, end of the decade, they're going to rep every single player in the league. So we need <laughs> we need them on our good side.
1: So Ben Simmons famously dated like a couple people, like e- Emily. And I I know I throw these kinds of things to Emily, but because like I I just love her her takes on these things. But like <laughs> Emily, if there's one like. Celebrity like hookup that you could see for Tyrese Maxey or want for oh, Tyrese Maxey. Who would it, Ooh, wow. who would who would you want Tyrese Maxey to start dating in not his rookie year but maybe like his second season?
2: This is this is a great question.
1: It really is. So, and you're and you're welcome, guys.
2: Yeah, I really <laughs> like this question. So I'm. Two answers, kind of. So one, and this is probably because Dancing with the Stars is on my brain. Okay. Um, do you guys know Sky Jackson? She's like this cute little tiny. She was in the Little Nas X Panini video, but she's yes. also on Disney Channel. Um, I think they would be super cute together. <laughs> and then, if he like got like a stratosphere higher, like the Ben, which I don't really see, but like Ben Simmons, Kendall Jenner style. I think him and Zendaya would be really cute together, too.
1: Oh, that would be the cutest couple ever just because of the hair.
2: Did they great. date her
1: or no? Am I wrong? Who?
2: Kendall. He Zendaya. did it Kendall. No, he did to no, he... That's who is also on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> well, it all comes full circle. It's fine.
1: All right. There's way too many Dancing on the Stars connections with this team. <laughs> it's now.
2: on tonight. I can't help it. I'm, I'm
1: really. No, just like the. There are too many degrees of separation between Sixers players and people on Dancing with the Stars. I'm not, not for quite... long.
3: Al Horford is going to be on next season. So oh God, be
1: very... <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be fantastic. My, my favorite move of the off season, hands down by far, Seth Curry. my favorite move. And that makes sense. It, well, listen, he's a I, shooter. I have a type. <laughs> i have a very clear type of player that i value more than anybody i still own a nick stauskas jersey okay i am not ashamed to say that um but seth curry the only thing i worry about him is he may or may not be jj or worse defensively but i feel like there's enough to offset that am am i am i right with that
3: i forget where i read this so this is going to be good for the podcast, but I read (laughs) somewhere that he is like peskier than you assume he is. Like really is generally in the right place and has a good motor. Um, So yeah, that I don't, I really can't speak to it personally, but it might've been Liberty ballers, Tom West. I'm not sure. Uh, I think Tom's doing a piece on Seth now, so I'm sure he'll talk about him defensively, but my understanding is that, that he wasn't uh, a train wreck in that way. So I don't, I don't think it'll be one of those things where it's like, you know you you really have to worry about it so much and he's and he's considerably younger than jj was you know part of True. the thing with jj was just he was so so much older and and lacked foot speed on the defensive end so as long as efforts there with the other guys they have i'm not super worried about that
1: dan do you feel the same way
0: yeah i, I think that he's um i think he'll be like i think he's just he just feels like a more like coordinated guy than jj which is like a weird way to um, to like talk about it, but he like JJ was always um kind of like getting blown by. He couldn't stay in front of people. And I, I, I think that, you know, Seth Curry like offensively has like, you know, some level of like coordination where like he can dribble the ball. And, um, and I'm not sure how much that actually matters, but right. um, <laughs> I was trying to, his, his defensive advanced stats are not like disastrous, uh, which is, which is nice. It's promising. Um, yeah, they're they're like he's like I he I'm trying to find um, um, PIPM which I can't but his like um, box plus minus on defense he was like a like he was a minus but not a huge minus it was like less than one whereas if you look at a guy like Zach Levine who like maybe should be able to be a good defender because he's so athletic um, but just like doesn't seem to have it on defense he he's worse than that seriously yeah there are guys
3: like Levine who have every reason to be a good defender or at least average defender. And when they're not, it's like, they don't give crap about this at all. Like they're just like clearly not trying. Whereas a guy like Seth, what you would worry about is that he's little and that like, he might not have the body for it. But uh, yeah, I think he's, I think he's in the right place.
1: And we're not saying like, you know, he's Harden level defensively. I feel like he, he tries a little bit more than James Harden on the defensive end.
0: Yeah, although I mean, I think Harden, when he tries, is actually a fine defender. But um, I just beard, haven't watched
1: it. the beard; just gets in everybody's way. <laughs>
0: yeah, and he, he's just like he's sturdy, you know. Like he's he's built like Very Lowry-esque. Strong.
3: Yeah, um, yeah.
0: But I, yeah, I, I just haven't I haven't watched enough Seth Curry to talk too much about his defense. But I'm not as worried as I would be about JJ. I J. I don't think he's going to be that level of bad for sure
1: listen when you can swing and get the nba leader in three-point percentage or or whatever you, i think i think that's what he was last year he was either makes or i think percentage. he was up there
0: with, with robinson duncan robinson i think led in percentage but curry still had a great year
1: duncan robinson <laughs> Curry was
0: 45 percent from three last year and the year before oh my god so that's really nice that's, that's <laughs>
1: great i love that <laughs> As much
0: as in the last four years, 45%, 43%, 45%, 45%.
1: Insane. It'll be like 32% this
2: year. Stop
1: Stop it, Emily. (laughs) Stop it. Oh my God. Emily is killing the vibe here.
2: (laughs) Normally that's Dan. Dan tried to like put Embiid on like out the past early. I had had
1: a tough, uh, I had a tough Embiid comparison the other day. Yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm okay with Embiid slander just because I'm the one person in Liberty Ballers that does not rank him as the number one big man in the NBA, but we won't get into that. You're, I said he being... was
0: the most likely to drop a bowling ball on his foot so <laughs>
1: that's, that's worse <laughs> it's worse it's much worse <laughs> the only thing I know about Isaiah Joe uh one of the Sixers second round picks okay okay I know two things one he was promised to be drafted by the Sixers which mm-hmm. just that was just that just brings back all kinds of painful memories um Paul, <laughs> Paul Pierce etc cetera, etc cetera. but I look at Isaiah Joe and then I hear what he said about um, wanting to withdraw from the draft, maybe go back. Like, I don't think he's in his head about is he ready this, is he not ready that. But like, I don't know, maybe an attitude like that might cost him a little playing time in the rotation. He might start in the G League if possible. I don't know.
3: It could be a two-way guy, yeah. He, uh, I don't. Well, they're going to two-way Paul Reed, and then they have that other guy whose name I already forgot, who is a two-way. Oh, Matthias. Yeah, right. from Ohio. Something I can't remember if his first name or last name is Matthias. I think, I think his it's last. His first name. name. Uh, so wait, no we way have no to know. We we he have we have
0: Matthias oh and Matisse on Dakota the team. Dakota Matthias. Dakota Matthias. That's, that's it. it. That's
2: it.
1: So we oh, have yeah, Matisse really and Matthias. That's awesome. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. <laughs>
3: um yeah yeah i mean they took him at 49 so i don't think they have like night one expectations for him and i'm sure he will play some in the g league um i think you know if he gets his feet wet and if the shot translates which it which it should because he shot from super far in college a lot of guys with high percentages are sort of straddling the line and have trouble making deeper threes but uh, i feel like by mid-season he could be in that sort of furcon sort of area in terms of minutes which i don't expect to be a lot but definitely a a guy off movement who could help them emily had an observation about uh isaiah joe that i think that it's important (laughs) are
2: you talking about the turtleneck
3: i absolutely am
2: oh so (laughs) if you look at his draft night outfit i at first glance thought that he had like a very high turtleneck on like that went up to like his lips like you, no people can't see but i'm like putting it <laughs> up to my, my, my lips and then on closer inspection it's a black turtleneck and his beard is black so it just like all morphed into one right and i had been like looking at who this person was and like trying to find it and then i realized that he was on the sixers and that was embarrassing for me and the <laughs> sixers and him honestly <laughs> I, you I like him
1: See, this is what happens when you make snap decisions like that. You have to go back, throw the red challenge flag, get under the hood, and then really, like, dig into that instant replay.
2: Yeah. But going back to, like, real basketball things, not that this (laughs) is very important. Very Um, important. I mean, this is my bread and butter, all this nonsense. But, like, looking at the Sixers roster right now, I really think that guys like Isaiah Joe and – they should spend time in the G league because our bench is just at this point with the way the roster looks like much better than it was last year. Like we have a good starting five and then that leaves, you know, shake Matisse, Dwight Howard on the bench. Like we don't need to be using these young guys that might not be ready right away. Like there's time and people that we can use while they develop in Delaware. And I think that that's good.
1: Right. And it's not like the old days where there wasn't any kind of developmental league. Like we have the G league now where you can stick these guys, they can get, you know, 20, maybe 30 minutes a game a night and just, you know, get their, get their feet wet. Like you said.
3: I mean, a guy who, a guy who used that really well was shake. Yes. A couple of years ago, he was in the G league and he looked really good. I remember asking in like the Liberty Ballers slack, whether or not I should buy this. And then, uh, sort of by surprise there are enough injuries that shake has to play and he was ready for the, for the time he was called upon. So yeah, I I definitely think that's true. And Emily makes a good point that all of a sudden they're much deeper than they were uh, very recently.
1: The next kind of domino free agent that fell to the Sixers was Dwight Howard and Steve made a very good point to mention uh past transgressions which we won't mention you can go on Steve's column and find that out yourself there were some that were kind of hoping for New return I was one of those people but Dwight Howard for one year and I think it's like 1.6 million dollars because I guess Daryl Morey used a uh, a discount code or something that's for the production that you would need from him as a backup center and what he did with the Lakers. That's, that's solid. I like that. Yeah. I love that. I love that our backup
0: center is now a guy on the minimum, not making 30 million a year. Right. And, uh, and I love that, that Joel was into it. You know, Joel, like, according to the, to the, some of the reports was like involved in recruiting Howard to Philly. So the fact that we're, you know, making moves that he's happy with, makes me already feel better about the direction, regardless of what Howard actually does on the court.
1: Dan yeah, you the, just made he, an Dan you just made a brilliant point. I cannot wait to see like clips of Embiid and Howard on the bench like just clowning around. Like that's gonna be fantastic. I just thought of that.
3: <laughs> the the only um, thing no. I'm worried about with Dwight is that he's a pain in the ass in the locker room. And, yeah. You know, lots of places have have gotten out of the Dwight Howard business very quickly. So hopefully this is another winning situation that has him on his best behavior and um because on the court he he would really help them he's a monster rebounder and uh i feel like he could really affect games when he's playing and um at the all you're really asking for is to just like play even basketball when Embiid sits, and i think he can definitely do that
1: um let me let me ask let me start with emily on this question because you bring up like him being kind of a pain in the locker room Like, I feel like because he won a ring, I feel like that would change his demeanor a little bit to where like, all right, I got my ring. So let me just stop being complete and total jerk, you know?
2: Yeah, I can definitely see that. And I also think part of it is he's coming into this situation like 100% knowing his role. Like, he's not competing for a starting spot. Like, he knows it. and beat is the starting center so he's really just there to back and beat up he clearly it sounds like he has a good working relationship with him so there's none of that like posturing to be the number one guy because it he has to come in knowing he's not the number one guy so i think that that helps
1: steve do you agree with that
3: yeah for sure i mean uh, like dan said i i the best part of the Howard thing was that Embiid was recruiting him. I don't think we've seen Embiid do much recruiting at all, except for when he tried to recruit LeBron, like.
0: And Durant, too. Yeah, yeah, he was
3: really really (laughs) shooting for the moon there. But especially not since Embiid had been, like, established as a star. I like that, you know, the one free agent we have that plays his position, Embiid sort of handpicked. So, yeah, you would hope that any miscommunications and any, problems in the locker room this is I, I would hope embiid feels like ownership over this mood to, over this move too and uh helps make sure that it works out for everybody
1: i thought mb kind of had a hand in the jj reddick signing am i wrong i, th- I thought he kind of recruited him a little bit too
3: there was a story oh when brett met with jj at like midnight or 1 a.m mm-hmm. that night and showed up and jj was like in a suit and they were on the court, like showing how they could do dribble handoff stuff. I don't. I remember that uh, very specifically. That uh, Brett and Joel were like running through sets on, on the on the empty court with JJ uh, when they signed him. So yeah, that's a good point. That's yeah. Awesome. and Embiid,
2: Embiid made it a point to be like, I don't. I'm not at like the center this late. Like the training center this late for just anyone. Kind of like he came in. Like, oh yeah, for, yeah. For right. So they're buddies. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> and, and beat is going to be on the jj reddit podcast when uh when, when jj hangs it up and then <laughs> and then you're going to get all the deep cut stories from the brett brown era i can't I wait i feel for like to-
2: he's been on it twice i feel like he was on it when it was on the ringer and he's been on the new one
3: yeah he was on it when he was on the sixers and then i think in the bubble he did it again
2: yeah i agree yeah it was like right after jimmy butler did it
3: right
1: I mean, nothing will ever top uh, Joel Embiid on hot ones, like ever, like that. Like nothing will ever be topped by that.
2: I thought you were going to say Mo Bamba on the JJ Reddick podcast.
1: No, no, no. It's no, a no. good episode. That's a yeah, classic. That's a good <laughs> one. <laughs> and and of, the the most recent, because I guess the Pistons signed too many centers and they had to get rid of one of them. Uh, we got Tony Bradley. I don't know much if not anything about tony bradley i'm gonna be completely honest like if in in utah if it's not go bear then yeah yeah i mean steve had some steve had some notes on him
3: (laughs) (laughs) what did i have on him i um the uh copy and paste function comes in handy when you write these articles um tony bradley is uh (laughs) is young which is good i think he's like 23 And he'll be a restricted free agent after this year. I think it was really, the Sixers definitely feel like they need three centers because Embiid is not going to play every game.
1: Right. Um,
3: So they definitely want, you know, Dwight would fill in as a starter. And then uh, my guess is that Daryl likes Tony Bradley, that like Daryl has gone through some G league tape of Tony Bradley and thinks there's something there. And uh, Zaire, I just don't see any path to minutes for Zaire. Um, as much as I I, I liked sort of the prospect of him, you sort of just saw what his value was when they traded him. And then like the Pistons are going to wave and stretch him. It's like, he's, he's so young. And you would think for a team without that many guards, they would give him a shot. But uh, yeah. So my guess is that they like Tony Bradley as like a developmental center uh, as a third stringer. So, yeah.
1: I, I do like the fact that, I mean, Best of luck to Zaire. Hope he gets, you know, his 20, 30 minutes of game to like really prove how good he is. And I can't remember who tweeted it. I think it was you, Emily, that was like, uh, just make sure there's no, you know, peanut butter laying around the uh the training facility. After that, that's on so you guys. They already it, it, cut him. it sounds like oh that's right, they did cut him already. <laughs> Jesus. Zaire. Yeah, poor Zaire. Zaire, man. Life comes you fast. Um, out of everything that has happened over the last week, week and a half, and this includes, you know, Daryl Morey stepping in as president of basketball operations, like what has been your favorite offseason move so far? I mean, you can say Mari if you want to, but you
0: know. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's gotta be Daryl. I know he hasn't
1: done anything major yet, but. Um, the Horford, think, getting off the Horford contract wasn't major enough for you, Dan. Jesus. I mean, it's, it's nice, but I think, you know, nice. it, it's just there's hope of something bigger jesus
0: there's hope of i think he he gives me hope that there's a true like become a contender move out there yeah and none of none of those moves have been made which is why i'll say that they're not my favorite move and maury is my favorite move because i his mere presence gives gives me confidence that there's more and there's something that you know eventually we'll have something bigger whether it's Sometime the rest of the off season during the season, or even if it's next year, that like there's going to be a situation that we capitalize on that puts us in contention, whereas before I had given up hope on Absolutely. our ability to contend
1: Emily, your favorite move of the off season so far?
2: um yeah, I have to agree with Dan I've talked about it a little bit, that it's just so weird to like to have gone into the draft with like a little bit of optimism and not the thought that they're just going to mess this up completely. And same with free agency and feel like there's thought behind these moves that they're making and like feeling good about them. That's like a a fairly new in the past few years, like thought and feeling for me about Sixers basketball. So it's a nice change of pace, especially in today's times to have a little bit of optimism about something. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I I have to make it three in a row here. I think Daryl is just for the reasons that Emily and Dan just said is is definitely the best thing. Because like, even if let's say that didn't happen and like Elton and Ned Cohen made the Al Horford move, it would be like, OK, that's fine. Good. I'm glad that happened. But I'd still be holding my breath for the next time something else was screwed up. Whereas now, like Dan said, like we have a guy at the head of this who is so proven and is so like championship thirsty and is like right. going to do whatever he needs to take i will say a like other part of this offseason that i've enjoyed the most is how in on everything Embiid is and is being so active in like endorsing every move even like dan burke the assistant coach he like chimes in on twitter about that <laughs> he helps get dwight here like I You know, last, last offseason, we did not hear a word from Embiid at all. Not so, a syllable. Media day. Not, he was sad. Not exactly. He was like, he was like <laughs> clinically depressed because of the offseason. Great job, Sixers. Uh, so <laughs> uh, the fact, yeah, the fact that he's so into everything is just me. I feel like means more than anything because uh, I feel like he means more than anything. So, yeah.
1: I, I feel like it has to be a clean sweep then because my thought process would be uh, without Maury, these other things don't happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also love that, like, the – Daryl's is just so cool. Like, he's, you know, very social media active, so you can see what he's up to. Like, he today he tweeted out the picture of, you know, Dwight arriving. Um, but, and also, like, the, the him on the, on the FaceTime call with Joel made me feel really good when they hired him. Him at um, – just, like, out in the city uh, after the election, like, with just, like, kind of getting to know the city when people were out and about and he was out um, with, like, his Black Lives Matter mask. Like, he's just, yep. like, he's a cool guy. Like, he's a, he's a guy that, um, you know, it's, it's easy to, you know, feel good about him being around and, like, and like just kind of being, like, a part of the community.
3: He's it's a, it's a small thing, but I don't know if you've seen on Twitter, he tweets out, like, highlights with every new Sixer. He's like, welcome to the Sixers and then whoever, any of the draft picks or any of the – Trade guys are signings. I think that's a great fun wrinkle that he's added. So yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that.
1: It's the little things that Daryl's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Love him. I would not I would not be doing my job if I didn't mention the hardened rumors. And I don't like I hate to even bring it up, but I kind of have to because that's this is kind of where my brain is. Bill Simmons in the ringer, they're just like, okay, so the Sixers did all this. They draft Maxi, they get off the Horford deal, they have Maxi and Matisse and any any other capital they have. They kind of feel like Harden to Philly is like high percentage of happening. I I I just don't know. You know, like if you're Houston. And you have Westbrook and Harden. Like, I feel like you have to run that back for at least half the season before you just press the eject button on this. And if anything, I think you would want to move Westbrook first.
0: Yeah, of course, you know, the idea should never be to trade Harden when he's on your team. Um, And that's why I think they go go into the season with Harden. But Steve's pointed out before, like, it's harder – it's easier said than done to say, like, we don't really care if he's unhappy here. We're going to keep him because he's a great player. Right. But that situation gets uncomfortable, and I do think the Sixers have the best package. So I don't think it's happening soon, and it, it will probably – I guess, you know, if you had to put odds on it, I wouldn't take the Sixers at even odds to get him. But but I'm at least optimistic about it happening because I I think that there's a very clear path towards it happening. Like, there's a, it's really easy to imagine – you know, certain things falling into place where the Sixers are able
2: to trade for Harden.
1: I'm just already kind of imagining Emily at the Wells Fargo Center with like a paper beard on.
2: See, I, as great as that would be. (laughs) I I don't want to trade for Harden. Really? Yeah. I'm becoming more and more anti-Harden trade as the time goes on.
1: Is that because you're just getting fatigued from all the words about it?
2: No I just I'm a very like our guy kind of person and Ben is obviously one of our guys so I really don't want to give him up and just as much as Harden does make the Sixers into a like super contender right away I don't know that without Harden we're not one anyways and I would rather have young Ben Simmons for longer than old James Harden for a little bit of time and like cross our fingers that totally we bring like with him.
1: Totally. So agree. I
2: think that's where my head is right now. Um, and sometimes I just don't like to watch him play basketball. So that <laughs>
1: <thing>. <laughs> it's just not that boring. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Free free throws are kind of boring. I will say that. Um, <laughs> I I think I kind of agree with the fact that it's just not going to happen within, like, before the season starts. It definitely feels like more of a trade deadline kind of thing. But even then, you're just like, oh, we're going to try to shoehorn Harden into this system with, like, two months to go before the playoffs start. Like, Steve, that just doesn't seem like the best idea.
3: I think in terms of timeline, like, he's going to get traded when he puts the pressure on the team – that like necessitates that. I feel like agents and players really run the league at this point and like have taken back lots of player empowerment. If James Harden really does not want to play another game for the Rockets, I don't think he will. Like we saw the fit that Jimmy Butler put up in Minnesota. Like
2: lots of guys
3: are are requesting trades and nobody has more power than Harden. And I just think that like from an optic standpoint, Fertitta does not want like a, misanthropic upset James Harden in training camp and media day and all. I, I just think that's a really ugly thing. And I think that, you know, James Harden is also going to narrow the field to where he wants to go. So like that uh, of course is hard for the franchise, but uh, from a player aspect, I think that it's good and, and they ought to, you know, use whatever power they have. Uh, so yeah, it, I, I, I think he gets traded whenever he like puts the most pressure on because if that's, if he's fine, like chilling there for a few months and like playing in Houston, then, then I think he'll do that. But if not, I think he'll, he'll get out of there.
1: So let's end, let's end this with a little comedy. Like there's been there've been a couple of moves that have gone down since the uh, Friday free agency start. And I'm just going to go around the room. I have mine. What is the funniest acquisition signing trade anything like that that you have seen so far since friday
0: i thought the bucks get but what the bucks gave up for drew was funny yeah um, they so i i think but can i say a non-move go ahead like a like an almost move the the fallen apart bogdanovich deal oh yeah, that's funny oh that's uh,
1: hilarious
0: like, I think it was funny when they gave up all that for Drew. But I also, like, get like he's a great player. I get what they've signed some good free agents besides that. Like, overall, they've had a, a pretty solid offseason. But the, the fact that whoever's he's, – he's a free agent. He's a restricted free agent. And they're not – like, the fact that it was someone's responsibility to ask him, do you want to play in Milwaukee? And no one did. Right. Like, they agreed on a full trade. No one asked. It wasn't like they, they like, like confused what the deal was and he thought he was getting more money or more years or something. No one, he didn't even want to play Milwaukee <laughs> at all. And they didn't ask him that beforehand. So they negotiated <laughs> the whole deal. And he said, I don't want to go there.
1: And it all fell apart. Because That's incredible. Restricted free agency, fellas. <laughs> I thought that was great. That was and hilarious. It, it
0: reminded me of, like, there was, like, I think it was like a, a four team deal a few a few years ago, maybe like two years ago, that fell apart because the Suns thought they were getting Dylan Brooks, but they were actually getting Marshawn yeah. Brooks. Oh, it man. Like, that was great. Was like, that was these awesome. Are millionaires who only do basketball trades. And yeah. they can't figure out, like, the
1: very <laughs> basics of these deals, I think. It's <laughs> oh, <awesome>. my God. <laughs> oh, um, I don't when know if anybody can top that, but Steve, Steve I certainly you can. Can't try. Top it. No.
3: Um, one of my favorites was the Mason Plum- Plumley to Detroit, like right when free agency started. Detroit was like, I cannot go another hour without overpaying Ma- Mason Plumley. <laughs> didn't make any sense. They went ahead. They, I mean, Christian Wood, who's like young and had a good season for them, went to Houston for not totally dissimilar money, and they just, I love when teams right when free agency starts are like hang on a second who's bad i need them yeah we'll not wait any longer I think really <laughs> like
1: the fun. Sixers with tobias last summer okay damn right away <laughs> <laughs> god
3: do you remember tobias wrote an article on espn that came out like in conjunction with yes
0: yes was like you know so finally a, long, a place i can stay long term like somebody believes in me
2: right and his dad was his agent That person is not Dan. I believe in Tobias. (laughs) I don't
0: believe in Tobias at all. But (laughs) hey, it was a very beautiful
1: proposal. Listen, we (laughs) all have we all have our takes we all have our takes on the Liberty Bowler site. Dan is not a Tobias Harris believer. I believe that Nikola Jokic is the best center in the NBA. We all have our things. (laughs) Oh Emily, what was yours?
2: (laughs) Oh God um so mine isn't like a trade or anything but the funniest thing that well i guess i should say the thing that made me laugh the most was when i got the woge alert that guard quindary weatherspoon is returning to the <laughs> <Santa> <laughs> <Antonio> Spurs <laughs> because i didn't know that was a person in the nba <laughs> <laughs> um
1: for me it was really simple and this happened like kind of recent um charlotte what are you doing with gordon Hayley? oh yeah what are you doing uh, charlotte yeah. four years 128 mil yeah. for a guy that has been nothing but hurt the last two two and a half seasons nice one that is a, that is a smart deal there charlotte way to go and boston Michael
0: reportedly charlotte. turned down a side and train with indiana that let him walk free uh, that was
3: yeah that I mean, was, I was also actually, stupid
1: like yeah. I was you get miles
3: to... turner back that, that's fine I was just I listening to Zach Turner, Lowe, too. and he said, like, Boston basically just did not want Miles Turner. So, like, I guess at that point, I don't know. I mean, Embiid murders him every time. <laughs> I would America love Miles
2: Turner. That would, me it would me be too. so I'd funny. That would
3: be so funny. But Embiid um,
1: murders yeah. Tristan Thompson, too.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I think that they like legit just did not think miles turner is good and so they just wouldn't do it but in my mind it's like this guy's leaving one way or another you should get something and now three years in a row with uh hayward horford no comment yeah. and uh
0: kyrie irving they
3: got nothing for max guys who just not walked. a thing
0: yeah they didn't get anything for rozier either right he wasn't no he's not he quite signed. as much but it was still a big contract that walked yeah. for free
1: so I would just like to point out that I'm pretty sure the Hornets owe sixty plus million dollars to. Actually, they I think they stretched Batum, didn't they?
0: They cut him. They waived him to make room. To that was the only way they could afford Hayward. Yeah. So unless Batum's they signed gone. and traded, yeah,
3: right.
1: So they're they're paying at least fifty million dollars for Rozier, for Rozier Hayward. They're paying Batum off. And oh, by the way, I think Cody Zeller is making like sixteen million a season.
0: I think so. Yeah, they offered Hayward more than they offered Kemba last that's, half season. That's crazy. Wow. That's really crazy. Tough. Yeah, Dan, Dan, uh, Danny Jordan.
1: Danny Danny Ainge, way to go, buddy. Way way to really put your finger on the pulse of everything.
0: Uh. I think he's he's been great for the Sixers since the Tatum since the Tatum trade and, and draft. Which was devastating, but ever since he hasn't done anything to him practice. not
1: a thing and and then he gave Tatum his money, which I mean you have to do that if you're Boston, I guess, but oh yeah uh, I, I don't know how I don't know how I would feel if my one and two was Tatum and Kemba I mean they're great players, but I mean, I think Tatum's a
0: clear one, um, but between Kemba and Brown, I don't think they have the a second guy who's who's good enough to pair with Tatum at the moment I don't and think he's so kind either. of he's kind of sat on his assets for a while now and like passed on opportunities to go get that guy which I think is a mistake
1: and there's know, they just, have there's just no like they, guy out there anymore
0: I feel like
3: they have a chance with like Brown or Kemba or whatever picks they have like when there is a, a star trade that's out there they definitely could try to find Tatum, so like or someone, someone better as a running mate. The problem when these stars are available, like Harden, they narrow their field. They tell teams like, I only want to go here, here and here. So if you're anybody else, don't offer your best assets for me because I'm going to be upset there and I'll get my way out of there too. So somebody basically either has to be agnostic as to where they go, or they have to want to go to Boston.
1: And, and yeah, I was just gonna say in those trades, in those scenarios, when's the last time a player was like, "Yeah, I want to go to Boston"?
0: Right. Do you remember pre-draft? Dario said he only wanted to play for the Lakers or the Celtics. Because <laughs> I think no. that's the last time I can remember that. <laughs>
1: I, I didn't
2: remember that. Oh man! Now he's in Phoenix. Yeah. He, congrats
1: to Dario. Congrats to hey, Dario congrats for the money. Se- mm-hmm. Congrats, mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. Dario, for securing the bag. Yes. yes. <laughs> I right, still was, love him this was an amazing podcast we need to do this more often i you guys are awesome um and the invitation is always open if you guys want to come on and just like hang out and uh yeah anytime you want me to come on gastro i will make myself available
3: yeah <laughs> <This> <laughs>
2: thank
3: is, you for having us this was fun I this thank was you great. so much buddy
2: was
1: fun enjoy your enjoy your night enjoy the holidays anybody doing anything special for thanksgiving
3: dancing with the stars finale
1: is the main thing yeah (laughs) that's what everyone's ready for (laughs) no 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 no. it's no 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 it's bachelorette for me like okay yeah
2: tomorrow night let's
1: let's stop messing around
0: (laughs) i'm very excited i'm kind of like in love with taisha so it's gonna be a good season
1: I I I kind of I'm kind of feeling that too. Like I was I wasn't really into Claire. <laughs> like I'm gonna be perfectly honest, and I feel like this is the point where just like everybody's just gonna turn the podcast off, which is fine. <laughs> um, but and they yeah. never
2: listen to ours because this is like what we talk about. <laughs> They're not gonna
1: turn right off. <laughs> <laughs>
3: like, oh, it's these guys again. <laughs> 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 All right, oh I'll, I'll <laughs> my <I'm like>, god, <laughs> two days it. on
1: the on the same feed. It's oh fun. my yeah. god. <laughs> But you know, coming in January, we got challenge Double Agents, which I'm totally psyched for. So no,
2: that's December. Double Agents starts like December ninth.
1: Real? Oh, oh, I'm. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, we yeah we got to get on this.
2: In January, we have Matt James as the bachelor.
1: All right, I have to do my research on Emily's you, up I, on these schedules. I yeah, I Emily quick is turnaround. Emily is up to date on the trash reality TV. Like that's what she is my go to gal when it comes to that stuff. <laughs>
2: I'll take it. <laughs> There's worse things I could be called. It's fine. Yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> Once again, the entire crew of the gastroenteritis blues listen to them on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. Uh you can follow them on Twitter at Steve J. Littman at third underscore and underscore girl way to make it really simple we've never talked about your handle we need to we really do emily like there's too many underscores (laughs) there's too many underscores and there's too many like syllables like it's just it's just obnoxious it's easier
2: if you say third and girl with underscores on both sides of the and
1: even that's too much
2: (laughs) my name is so like it's not there are a
0: lot of emily anderson's
2: so i had to come up with something i can tell the story on the podcast next week it's fine it's called building a brand (laughs) it's called building a brand
1: (laughs) (laughs) and and dan of course is he's on twitter but he's got the he's got the nursing thing going on so i'm I'm public now i'm public oh dan is public breaking news yes (laughs) yes
0: <laughs> well, i can... went public on friday so i'm public now
1: congrats on being publicly traded yes <laughs> thank you thank you again appreciate your time fellas and and gal and uh <laughs> hopefully i get to talk to you guys again soon because this was fun this was awesome
3: thanks buddy thanks to Dio. Thank we'll all right see <laughs>